intelligent employers uh, will work with you to to bring you down in stages because hopefully you need to be replaced. Either than that, you were you were skiving for the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the best way to get the best out of you, out, out of the retiree, is to bring somebody in so that they can train them up properly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is a problem that you see all the time. Folk can't train. Hi folks, thanks for listening to our Brothers in Arms podcast. The reason we do the podcast is to normalise the conversation around men's mental health. We have fantastic resources on our website, brothersinarmsscotland.co.uk, which you can access or point any man in need towards. These include our online platform, MenGage, our Brothers in Arms Thrive app, where you can access our free therapy services and much, much more. If what we've talked about on the podcast today has resonated with you and you've enjoyed listening, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and remember to share with friends and on social media. Thanks for listening. Okay, well, hi folks. Welcome to the latest episode of the Brothers in Arms podcast. Uh, today we've got Jamie Allen joining us and Hello. our guest today is David Griffin. David is uh, what I will call partially retired um, and that's the subject for today's podcast is retirement. We're going to be talking about that plus another one or two things but uh, David you basically spent your life in commercial property and uh, you're not quite retired yet but you're moving there. I'm 90% retired. Yeah, yeah. If there's any clients listening I'm ninety percent still working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. All good. So, uh, I, as I say, we we we've known each other for a few years, and over those years, you've gone from probably working fairly full on to certainly working a wee bit, uh, a bit less. Um, but I would certainly uh, pigeonhole you in with the group of men that I know who I don't think will ever fully retire. No. No, I, I, I can't, I can't see me saying that is me finished. But you see, I had a, I had a great tutor. My, my partner in business was Richie Webster, and he started taking a day, one day a week off, and then, but he was clever about it. He would take the Friday off one week, and the Monday off the next week, so that he had Thursday night to Tuesday morning, eh, every fortnight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The way it worked. And yeah, yeah. then he then he took a, a second day off per week, mm -hmm. so that he could he he, he ended up a uh, three days a week, and it was nice, and it was a lead in, Aye. and it, it meant that you weren't working one day and out the next day. Aye, yep, yep. Uh, it sounds a like quite an idyllic way to do it, but of course he owned his own business you guys owned your own business yeah. so you you had the kind of choice to do that um and i've i've worked with uh a number of clients over the years who uh either have just got to retirement age and there they go off the cliff edge and that's them retired um but similarly to what you've talked about um i've worked with folk who've gone from five days to three and then three days to, to no days um so I guess it's, it's it's a little bit of a luxury to be able to say, oh, I'm going to, you've, you know, ease off. You've got to be in the right circumstances. Uh, intelligent employers uh, will work with you to 
to bring you down in stages because hopefully you need to be replaced. Either than that, you were you were skiving for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the best way to get the best out of you, out, out of the retiree, is to bring somebody in so that they can train them up properly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is a problem that you see all the time. Folk can't train. Yeah. Uh, people became, certain industries, certain professions became, it, it was, we, I'm not complaining about minimum wages, but one of the downsides is, you pay minimum wages, you need to get earnings out of that person right away. So therefore, there was less people getting trained. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is a huge issue across all these apprentices. Hardly apprentice exists anymore. But hopefully yeah. these yeah. apprenticeship schemes are going to come through before the COVID, they were starting to build them up. But in the same way in the professions, that you, there wasn't getting enough training. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about is... If you can have, if there's an employer that's not wanting to just kick you out of the door, get them to train you, yeah. the apprentice, and knowing that, introduce you to the connections that you've had, the clients that you've had. Yeah. I think the relevance here in terms of mental health is that um, as somebody is moving towards retirement, okay, I'm going to, again, we're speaking about men, and as I've observed over my career, which is, not exactly been a lifetime, let's call it the last 15 years. I've observed a lot of the men that I've worked with, a lot of their worth in the world is connected to their job and their profession. And their friendships. Absolutely, their social circle, things like that, that's also true. Um, so if you are getting towards retirement age and you're, you're having this sense that you're about to lose your identity, that's a worrying time. That's that's Absolutely. that's worrying. And I think the point that you make, David, saying give these people who are moving towards retirement the opportunity to pass on their skills mm -hmm. to the younger generation, that will allow them to maintain a sense of self and maintain a self a sense and they of worth. Be, they should be prepared to be called in. Uh, for example, you might have done a job somewhere and then but it's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. How did it go wrong? Why did it go wrong? See if you were to call back that person out of retirement, make, give them a wee consultancy. Yep. Uh, to, to, but the retiree's got to be prepared to let his former employer or partners know that he's available. Yeah, yeah. Certainly I get a sense that there's just not, not always enough asking. You know, um, there, there'll be people sitting at home going, oh, if somebody asked me, I'd be willing to help. But nobody yeah. comes and asks. I don't know. Um, I don't know about your job, Jamie. Well, I was just, uh, you're just, everything you've said is so interesting for me. So if Gary hasn't explained to you that my job for 30 years was a police officer and and, lat and most of it was uh, involved in major crime operations and stuff like that. Um, I retired in 2008. And in the period before that, I saw guys retiring. I one, remember clearly one old sergeant who was an ex-army guy. I, did, I didn't actually work with him, but I knew him fairly well. And uh, he retired and he just totally went to pieces because mm -hmm. his identity was this guy who ruled the roost in, uh, in the local police office he worked in. He controlled mm -hmm. the whole area. The, the, you know, the Neds were all scared stiff of him. He was a 
he was a presence. He he was somebody. But as soon as he he retired from the police, that was his whole life literally uh-huh. taken away from him. He'd no reason he'd, to be. He'd no reason to be whatsoever, uh, or or that's the way he saw it. And 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 he he had he ended his life fairly, fairly quickly after that. Wow. He started. He he went off the rails completely. He then <laughs> he then got caught stealing slabs off a building site or something like, no he did die wow. <laughs> and, and then, then he basically and the shame of that i think just that yep. was the final thing for wow. him you know so wow. it, it's something that set, certainly historically going back in the police they were not good with they did they, they sort of box ticked it with things like pre-retirement courses Aye, my dad nonsense, nonsense on like that you yeah, know yeah. where they, where you went and a guy told you how to write a cv and stuff like that and it was mm. Even then, even back in 2008, it was, CVs were becoming almost irrelevant. People right. didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then my my story of retirement is I've retired twice. So I retired from the police in 2008, took a couple of months off, then went back to work for them as a civilian, which I did for, for another 11 years. Mm-hmm. It was probably a bit too long, laterally towards Still the doing crime detection? Still doing intelligence-based work uh, in an office, though. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was surveillance and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I certainly found that the things you're talking about are like succession planning, mm-hmm. non-existent. Non-existent latterly. It, it always was a problem, but latterly it, it was it was non-existent. Yeah. And that caused people, myself included, a, a lot of issues. But I was lucky like you. My employer, and some of the people I worked with were really good and they could see that I was... You know, I was struggling to work that five-day week and I managed mm. to cut it down to a four-day week and then a three-day week. Uh, and I worked yeah. that for a good mm. couple of years before yeah. I retired. See, and that really em- helped. Sorry. No, some, okay. em- some employers would say, oh, we can't afford to run two at a time. I would argue they can't afford to not no, run that, that, two that's... because you're going to be yeah. just, uh, you're going to create a void mm-hmm. that could cost people a lot of money uh, yeah. or uh, a lot of crime. No, I, what I would ask or what I would come back to for both of you guys is um, I, I again as I'm observing it from the outside I think there's been I think there's a lot of skills lost because you're bringing people in at the bottom you're giving them the most basic training and then you're going right now you go out and do the job rather than saying well actually here's some training and here is a partnership with somebody who's got 30 years experience, 40 years experience, whatever. I don't know if it's graduates coming out of university into your property game, David, or whatever. I don't know if it's people coming out of Tully Allen for you, Jamie. But I, I, the question I'm asking is, is, that, is there a truth to what I'm saying here in that nobody cares now about the, the, the experience that's going out the door? It's like, oh, well, we've got these youngsters coming up and they know it all. It's not even a okay. Well. You know, you, you you can say from your industry's point of view. From from me, what I saw was that there just wasn't the there wasn't the will to 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 make that sort of succession thing be be there. Mm-hmm. And 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 it took a lot of convincing for us when we started. Guys started asking about job sharing and you know three day weeks or four day weeks. I mean, we came from a mentality when I used to work when I was. Gary's age where we worked all hours, you know, literally all hours. Absolutely. I never had days off for weeks on end and stuff mm. like that. And that's okay when you're 35, but once you get to, you know, totally. 55 or nearly, 
nearer to 60 or whatever you are, you physically and mentally can't cope with that amount of stress. You could when you were 30 or 35. Mm. We've talked you about You thrived it. on it then. You thrived on it. You were, you were totally, you know, invincible, right? Nothing could harm mm. you. But what is, you know, as, as people have said to me since, therapists, other people I've spoken to have said, what you do at that time is with all the stresses and strains in your life, you put them away. And that's another thing that towards retirement, talking about mental health. This I is think, very prevalent for you, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think that people, uh, professions, businesses need to need to invest in in what you're saying, the, the, the idea of not losing that experience, being able to pass it on. And also they need to look at people's mental health on the lead up to it. Because a lot of people, I mean, you know, a lot of people's issues from their work, especially if they work in one of the emergency services, can be catastrophic for them yeah, when they stop yeah. working because they suddenly, as you say, they lose that idea of self and, and, and they don't know where they stand in life. And a big thing I think it certainly comes up with me a lot is you you start to think you've lost your purpose and, and what are you? Your kids are growing up, you know, People you worked with, a lot of them are long gone. I did. You know, um, that that's true. You know, um, mm. but I mean, I mean, you you maybe want to add something about what your thoughts are. What, what, just going back a wee bit, one of the th issues that you get uh, probably in the professions, but I would imagine it could be relevant to the the trades as well, is that like my, I've got a pal that's coming up towards sixty. And he's talking to the rest of his partners about what they want him to do in retirement. But he's actually at the top of his game at the moment. But they're saying, no, oh, no, the partnership agreement is you need to be out by 60. Now, one of the reasons they do that is so that if you're getting young talent in, you're saying, well, where am I going in this company? Where am I going in this firm? Because, well, we have a retirement policy at 60, so you'll definitely be a partner by the time you're 45 because he's out the door. Mm. Now, there's got to be a more intelligent way of working eh, so that that guy knows that he's he's every bit his partnership material, if he is, and he will be a partner even though eh, the the existing partners don't leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you actually build the cake. Yeah. You don't yeah. shrink it one side to build it at another. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh -huh. one of, but one of the things that uh, regarding this mental health thing, I think when you go to the doctor or when you go into a shop and people say to you, could you do this for me? You know, could you sit there for me? No, <laughs> I'll sit there for me, pal. <laughs> this, can I take you across? You know, my daughters, maybe I'll take my arm now when I'm, I used to take them across the road. Uh -huh. Now they take me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could still run across the road three, four times in a row, uh -huh. unless yeah, yeah. you're at my back pushing me. <laughs> but the the if we can cut that back by the way, the, <laughs> uh, the but this way that when you get to a certain age, people talk down to you, think you're does he take sugar? You know, I take sugar, get it in the cup, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'd, I I think you've got to rebel against this stuff. 
that people try and treat you so that for your mental health, no. you don't start thinking like a bam. No, you can't. I an think, old bam. I think if you start to accept these uh, these things that are put on you as you get older, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we we know, David, from uh, from our gym, our club, uh, there's a lot of, lot of guys there who are 70s, 80s, sharp as you like still in business still doing work you know that sort of stuff and it's because they never ever accepted what you're talking about nobody mm -hmm. ever told them you sit over there pal i'll get you mm -hmm. I'll, I'll sort you out don't you don't you get up i'll look after you that sort of thing they never ever that's never came into their their frame of mind and mm -hmm. so therefore they're in the gym i'm thinking of one guy's 86 in mm -hmm. the gym still playing golf three times a week still in the gym three times a week <laughs> He, he, he lives the life of somebody who's just newly retired at 60, you know? Mm -hmm. But he's he's done the classic thing right. And again, if you, you listen to what any therapist will say to, to you in, in relation to mental health, it's about having, you, you've you had an identity, you're a you're, you're working commercial property, you're a police officer, you're a personal trainer, but now you're retired <coughs> or semi-retired. But your, your identity now is you're that person that does x y and z maybe you're involved with something with a church or yeah, a local yeah. golf club or whatever it is uh -huh. that's your identity now and, mm -hmm. and and that's the key to for me to is to be able to make that switch and it's not easy i think it, I th it's definitely yeah, not easy yeah. but that's you, that's one I of think the, the idea the, the you might not even know that you've done it certainly in my case i never uh -huh. knew that I, I started to develop things that i wanted to do after I retired mm -hmm. before I retired. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, as well, it's important um, to look at just what you were talking about, the um, recreating yourself, recreating your identity or, or, you know, it sounds a bit pop starish, you know, like Madonna's got a new look. She's yeah. recreated herself again yeah. for another decade. You know, that, that as a man, can be a very intimidating and very difficult thing to do at 60 years old or above, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it's very possible. It's very possible to, as you say, increase your time that you go to the church or increase, you know, the amount of time that you maybe spend with your children or your grandkids or doing community-based projects. David, you've uh, been involved with, what is it, the Scottish School of Philosophy? The School of Philosophy. The School of Philosophy and Economic Sciences okay. in Scotland. In Scotland. But it's part of a worldwide group based in London. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that you've done for a, a, a wee while now? Well, I started in 2009, September 2009. Uh, it, each year it's, it's, breaking up, it's broken up into three terms. And you, so you get part one all the way to part infinity. As long as you <laughs> live, you can stay there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it, the the material, you go into more depth in the material, but everything that you do in the very first term, part one, session one, you do justice. Uh -huh. Next thing, you do happiness. Next thing, you do, sorry, you do wisdom. Uh -huh. Wisdom the, is, what would a wise man do? Uh, Any problem you've got, sit back and say, well, what would a wise man do? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I, you, you've, you've nudged me onto the uh, beginner course a, num a few times, 
they've always said to you, oh, I'm dead busy at work and with the family and all that, but I genuinely would like to um, to get onto that. But where, I guess, um, if somebody's listening and they're interested to get involved in that, where do they find that? The, the, the It's the School of Philosophy so in Scotland. School of Philosophy and it's, so There's a website. Normally, the part one, the very first is normally in September. And uh-huh. the, it's a ridiculously cost £10, which is actually Aye. just to cover the material that we produce yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it goes to £75 in years uh-huh. two, yeah, yeah. part term two. Uh-huh. So, but the first three parts uh, are, it, it covers everything that you're ever I going think, to do later on, yeah. but you do it in more depth. Yeah. I think it sounds really good to me because I think it probably does, without any experience of it whatsoever, it sounds to me like it deals with various issues that would pop up for somebody who may be experiencing uh, a, a loss of identity, depression, anxiety, it. that sort of thing. It, it, it's, it, it sounds therapeutic, sounds very therapeutic. If, if, you take the dis- if you take the definition of what wisdom is, wisdom is the ability to take decisions that lead to everybody else and yourself being in a happier position. Yeah. So if if the uh, the whole essence of the school is to live happier. Yeah. And I can't think of anything more simplistic than wanting to be happy. Now you get there's a difference between pleasure, which is immediate <laughs> and happiness. I can see shining the eye there, look. <laughs> and happiness that is that is permanent yeah yeah no i, I it's it is it's as you say it's it's a it's the basics of what brothers in arms are trying to do you know we are trying to make you know we are trying to provide a platform where men have an outlet to get the difficult things off their chest or out outside themselves to to be in a happier place well the school of philosophy isn't set up to be a self-help group but by god it it does. Aye. We yep. have people that are alcoholics. We have people that are bereaved, and they will tell you that the school of philosophy has helped them yeah. as much as anything else they've joined, uh-huh. if not an awful lot more. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, for me, and again, this come. I think this is quite poignant to the men. It, it sounds like it's a it's a place where you can go outlet some of the difficult things you're having without necessarily having to, you know, put your hands up and say, I'm depressed or I suffer with depression or, <coughs> indeed, excuse me, uh, things like that. And, and I think for a lot of men, that would probably fit quite well because not many of us men or not enough of us men are willing when we're having a tough time to turn stand up and go, I'm having a tough what time. What happens is at, at the beginning, in the early parts, a part, particularly part one, in the session one, <coughs> two, and three, you're getting to know a lot of people. A, you know, there could be 10 turn up, there could be 24 turn up, that's unusual. But I, a normal part one would be, say, 16 people. You're not going to open up. But see, by the time you've come back for part three and part four, you, you might be down to eight, nine, ten oh. people and 
they trust each other. They've yeah. never heard tales at a school. They've never heard anything they said repeated anywhere else. And you start to trust. And you can get somebody who's genuinely a quiet guy, quiet woman, because it's totally mixed. Mm -hmm. uh, they say nothing. And maybe occasionally at the end of the night, they'll come out with, I call it diamonds, they'll come out with a wee diamond. Because uh -huh. uh, I tutor it now, uh -huh. uh, since 2016. Uh -huh. So everybody in the school is a student. Absolutely everybody goes to a class of some sort. Uh -huh. But then as long as you stay in, you're, here, you're expected to do a wee bit of service. Uh -huh. And one of the bits of service that can be done is tutoring other people. Yeah. So I have never tutored anything, never taught anything other than a bit for staff. Yeah. Uh, I never taught it in my life. And in fact, it's quite funny. You're just sitting here with a glass of water uh, and and when you start tutoring, you're going through the glass of water. And somebody yeah. said to me one time, you know, maybe... Oh, you, you're, you seem to be a lot more confident, David. I said, do you think so? And they said, aye, because you're not drinking that water anymore. Because, <laughs> we, we you go. know, when you start, start to go dry break, in the throat. Break, take a break. Uh, yeah. But no, the, uh, it is, you, you, there's a trust builds up and you do open up. And if somebody's feeling, that's what I was going to say earlier, some people don't talk a lot, but then you get folk that one night they just it's like verbal vomit. Right, just <laughs> it just out. comes right out. And you say, where did that come from? And it's just something that they wanted and they go out feeling and they get they get support in the group. <laughs> Sounds a bit like um a lad we spoke to from Andy's man's club. Um uh -huh. he said something yep. similar. He yep. said, you know, it's a bit it's akin, I suppose, to these men's sheds sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, where guys gather in a group and they talk Aye. about issues or whatever. But he says that they'll get that. They'll get guys who come in and sit and don't say anything for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. And then just one night. Aye. Something comes, triggers them. Something triggers them. But, I mean, I think I, I, I'm i always very open to all that the sort of stuff you're talking about. I, I don't do it. I haven't done it for a while, but I used to practice and I qualified many years ago, in fact, before I retired out of the police as a yoga teacher, I don't do it. I, I lost a lot of confidence when I, I found out that I had osteoporosis and that kicked mm. me back. And, uh, but I think that, that, so I think things like philosophy, I mean, this is the thing. If, if you think about any working class men, any me, men, you, you listen, you want to talk at philosophy, you can, you can bring in people at, uh, Billy Conley, a comedian, right? You listen to a lot of the things that he says. Yes, they're funny, but they're very poignant as well because what he's pointing out is that you can get guys who've never been near a school or a university to any, you know, got great qualifications or anything like that, but you can learn a lot from them. They can tell you a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I worked in the police, and I've said this to Gary, when I went to work in Postle Park in 1978, I, I was brought up in a sub, suburb of Glasgow called Lindsay. I'd never seen it. I didn't know, you know, what's going on here? But <laughs> but there were guys that I worked with who, one guy who, who was a, a Korean veteran, right? He'd, he'd been out there on a national service. Another guy who'd been a fisherman up, up north and had joined the police like so many people had mm -hmm. come down from up north down to Glasgow to join the police. 
And these guys were absolute lifesavers for me. Aye. Yeah. And they always had all these wee nuggets, albeit the nuggets yeah. were directly uh, really related to surviving, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they also ta- they also taught you so much, you know. And and I think what I've learned over the years is that I was never one of these guys who would sit in company, especially the type of work I did in surveillance work in particular. I remember a, wi- a wise man saying to me, <laughs> you never stop learning this game and you don't. And I worked with some people who were highly qualified in their field experts and all the rest of it. But I worked with a lot of guys who were, as I say, highly qualified, but they couldn't really do the job. They were great at talking about it, but they weren't very good at doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And 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 you learn, that's one of the things experience Everybody in ta- front of you is a teacher. Everybody's a teacher, whether it's for a good or, or a not mm-hmm. so good purpose. And, and, you know, that's what's been the great thing for me getting involved with guys like Gary because, you, you know, you can listen to everybody's got a life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't matter that Gary's life experience is not as long as my life experience. It's no less valid. That's the point, you know? Yeah, I'm just, and, and I, just sniggering over here silently, you know? I'm just waiting for the, as long as you don't take any of Gary's advice, you'll do fine in life, that sort of thing, you know? Well, uh, I would not. I would not agree go. with that. But we're I not think, picking on him I think today. That is uh, definitely true. I think we've all got to be able to to learn that nobody <laughs> nobody's got the ultimate. I think secret. the biggest downfall is just you know just unconsciously thinking you kind of know it all. You know, oh, if you don't that. have the the uh, the self awareness to be like, I could learn something from this person, whether they're above you below you, beside you, whatever it may be, you know. But the downside, the other side to that, uh, thinking you know it all, is A, you're not going to listen to people and you're not going to learn. But the other side is, folk can't stand sight of you and they don't want to be in your company. And funnily enough, we then just you, talked. Then you get into loneliness, Aye. which well, is a enough, big subject, I would imagine. We, for, we just walked yes. by somebody of a similar age to you in the park the other day when we were walking, and we had a chat about the fact that the guys in the club that he talks to have eventually just gone, do you know what? You talk so much shite. Going to just leave us alone. Yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. literally was, so that was him wandering about botanics on his own because yeah. the guys that he sits and gives all this to, lippy lip, 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 yeah. you know, just eventually got, they, they, they ran out of politeness and went, going to stop talking shite and leave us alone. <laughs> and there he was wandering about the park on his own. I mean, we all do a degree of that, a, but if you do it all the time. In inside pocket, or maybe he did, I don't know. But uh, yeah, are you, are you, at least you can, right. kid, you can kid on, you don't know everything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But have you yeah. found that? All you're talking about, so you've been involved with a school of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Did you find that has helped you with your work? And does it help you now when you're coming to a situation where you can you can start to, you know, decrease your, your work and, and maybe spend more time doing other things? Do you right, think well, that's helped you? If, if it, thankfully, this isn't filmed, you would see me in my gardening clothes uh, if this was filmed. I, I've just come to the school where... They, I was I was repotting plants. Now, I don't need to do that. No. Nobody needs to do it. No. But the the thing about giving service, and it, if you're going to do it like that, you've got to do it without complaining. You don't get any money for it. Nobody in the school 
from the top man down, a, a, all the way through, everybody does everything for nothing. You might get some money back for, for something you've spent, but all the service is free. But if, if you give service, it's amazing how great you feel. You don't do it to feel great, mm-hmm. but you've done it and you're walking past. And I was put, putting out these hanging baskets and I'll look at them. Now, the big thing, is, one of the main problems in life is your ego. You're no meant to look up at those plants and say, they're my plants. Because <laughs> you don't want to be over attached. There's two things in, in life that kill you. And one of them is over attachment to things. And the other is desires. I want this. I want that. Next mm-hmm. door's get the next thing. Mm-hmm. We don't, people don't formulate it until you go to a philosophy school and call it desires and attachments. But see, when you analyze it, that's what it is. I actually, that school of philosophy, I sometimes think we shouldn't call it the school of philosophy because people go, oh, a philosophy? Didn't know you could do that, do <laughs> and, uh, and it's it, it, it just what you baguette. did there with the, the, the hands under your, <laughs> your, your chin. The, the, if you could, if there was another way of putting it, it it's mainly Eastern philosophy which we, we study. Mm-hmm. We don't go into, you can do Plato, you can do religion, you can all sorts of subsections if you if you're interested, but mainly it's Eastern philosophy. But the it, it's just it's, your question was: Has it done me any good? We do meditation, mm-hmm. and a meditation's been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Do I meditate? Yes, I meditated for half an hour today. Do I think about other things when I meditate? Mm-hmm. Too right I do. Mm-hmm. And when I'm tutoring, I'll, and we do a bit of meditation before the class, I'll say, when your mind wanders, not if, you bring it back to whatever mantra you're using, mm-hmm. and the, the mantra is there to bring it back so that you think about nothing. Absolutely. But... Everybody that I know of that have been, they could have been they could have been meditating for 15, 20 years, this yeah. their mind still goes away. Absolutely. Well, I'm the same as you. I do I I, I follow a thing on my phone. I do it tw- twenty minutes every day, mm-hmm. and uh, I could probably do more of it. I, I, it's something I'm really interested yeah, in. Yeah. But a lot of the meditation schools and courses that have been going on have have, have really stopped the kind of person-to-person thing and gone online. And that, that doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, no, no, I think no, you've got no. to be in a room with people. And I'll tell you... Because it's like yoga. You're going to feel that energy within in, in a room and people. But, I mean... There's I, a I name for that energy. It's called sattva. Yeah. There's three types of energy. There's sattva, rajas, and a tamas. And if you get them in balance, you've got a hell of a, a better coordinated life. A rajasic person would be running about mental all the time. Mm-hmm. A satwatic, if you had too much sat, satwa, you'd be just thinking about things all the day. That's where your inspiration comes from. But then somebody's got to go and do them. But then the tamas is where you bring things to an end. So by getting your energies into a balance, you think about it, you, you go to sleep at night, you build up your energy. That's tamasic energy while you're sleeping. He, it also brings things to a stop. It's not all bad. Everybody, oh, he's tamasic. I'm, 
Mm. You know, I've never walked into a pub and said, oh, that guy's a bit domestic there. <laughs> fact, he's lying. He, he might be lying there comatose. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, and other yeah. people just think about things and don't do anything. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But that the, the idea is that the, from the meditation is, you, if, if you do it regularly, it, I don't know what it does. It's not doing me any I think, harm. I think it brings you back down, and, and certainly for Absolutely. me on the mm-hmm. days, you know, for me is, you know, part of the, the reason I became involved with, with Gary and the guys here is because I had stress and anxiety issues for for mm-hmm. a long time, and the the time that they were at their lowest when I was doing the yoga regularly, uh-huh. and that every session would end with meditation because that's what people do yoga for to get them to the right place where they can then do meditation. Uh, but going back to what you said there uh, about the philosophy thing and people going, oh, philosophy, how very West End sort of thing, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, people do that all the time. Whether they're philosophizing about football uh-huh. or rugby Should it be or, two, or whatever. Should it be 4 4 2 Exactly. Timmy's philosophy. People sit yeah, in the yeah, pub. Yeah. They, they sat, that, uh, again, going back to what Billy Conley says, in the shipyards of Glasgow and, and all these other places and pubs, Guys do it all the time. They don't even realise they're doing it. And you listen to some guys and you realise these guys are exceptionally intelligent guys, very, very clever. They might have not loads of qualifications or anything, but they're smart people. But in their day and in their generation, you didn't go to university. You didn't go to higher education. You went out and got a job and that was it. Mm -hmm. I mean, my father-in-law worked all his days and he's one of the smartest intelligence guys most intelligent guys I've ever known, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's the thing that is that you know, people being in that place where where they can philosophize about whatever's going on. It's more about discussing everybody's point of view, and can then I, can I also say to you, that yeah, yeah, the, the one of the major things is is learning to listen, absolutely, and and, and listening properly. A lot of people will listen, you think they're listening, no going on the phone, and uh, they, they, what was that you held up to me there, Gary? I, uh, they, I wanted to was tell that one you, finger when two. I picked my phone so, up, I was on <laughs> checking the social media pages for the School of Philosophy in right, Scotland, right, okay. which I will share. So okay, but one of the that's things... That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> one of the things is, when you're listening is not thinking about what you're going to say next. It's, and that's you very know, difficult. And and it's very difficult, but it is one of the things that uh, we we try and work at. I mean, guys come in and they can't help it. They, they're talking over everybody else. And a, a decent tutor will say one at a time, but what I have a wee thing that I do in the day one is say, listen, just think you're in an auction. Hold up your hand, give me a wee nod, do whatever, and I'll get you. Don't interrupt. We yeah. can only listen to one at a time. Mm. And I will promise you, I will get to you. And I'll never mm. ask you to speak when you don't want to speak. Yeah. I, 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 I hope third my year. wife's not listening to this because she'll be going like, that's what you do all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, God. <laughs> but you, can, you know, <laughs> you, you have this situation where you're desperate to say something mm-hmm. but you have to balance it between that and yeah. the, the guy you're talking about who just talks all the time and yeah. people go but, you talk all the time you're not really saying anything are you? Mm-hmm. well i i know i know for sh- 
I know my personality traits and I know that my, uh, we've discussed on the show before uh, about, the, we, we had the um, episode about ADHD and Geraldine, who was here, who's the ADHD lady, uh, t- to give her a very broad title, um, she said, you you know you've got ADHD, Gary, don't you? Because, you know, you can't sit at peace, you're distracted by this, and you're distracted by... But I will, I will say that absolutely 100%, and I do believe that I probably do have it, but that's a different story for a different day. But it has taken me a lot of practice to be able to properly listen, hear what a person says, digest that, and then give an answer to that rather than go, Davy said that, and now I'm just going to say this. David said that, now I'm just going to say this. Now, that's, that's again, it's a practice skill like meditation. But you've got to have somebody active listening that's prepared to tell you to shut up. Of course. That, which that which leads I me, often do. That leads me to a very, that leads me to a personal question <laughs> that I want to ask you. Okay. Which was, um, we've known each other for a number of years. And over those years, I've come to know some of the clients that have worked for you. And for I have, me or with, uh, or for you, with you, alongside you on similar projects, on the same projects. And there's a certain reputation that precedes you. You know, you don't fuck about with David Griffin, <laughs> you know. And um, I want to ask you, you know, with the philosophy, getting older, slowing down a bit, have you mellowed out or... Is it just don't get on the wrong side of him? I've come out of the philosophy class at Bella Houston. It's it's right opposite that big police station in Govan. Mm-hmm. There's a roundabout there. And I have come out of there and I've done a bit of meditation at the beginning. We've had a really interesting chats. And somebody's caught me up and I've called, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I think, why have I been in that class? <laughs> uh, I do think overall I've mellowed a wee bit. Uh, put it like this. You might say another way of putting it is nothing to do with the philosophy school. It might be that I just don't care about my clients anymore. Uh, I, whereas I, I only get upset with people when they were harming other people. I, I never walked into a room and said, went mental because there was milk lying on the floor. I I would go mental when somebody was pouring the milk onto the floor, you know, crying over spilt milk. <laughs> uh, it's, if it's done already, why? Let's get out of this situation. And it, this is one of the issues about this COVID. I don't like to talk about COVID, but people not being in the office all the time is they're not getting trained and they can't, and they can't walk through to the boss and say, I'm not sure how to do that. They can phone them once. They can phone them twice. You, I don't see many young 24-year-old graduates, 22-year-old graduates, phoning their boss five times in the one day about different things. They would, if they sat opposite them or next door to them, they would pop in five times yeah. and have a chat. But they're not going to phone them. Despite the boss saying, my door is always open, my phone is always away, my jack say it's always <laughs> open, they get fed up with you, and the kids will not do it. There are going to be lawsuits for negligence yeah. because people have... There's three things that they'll do. One, nothing. Two, they'll take a flyer and get it wrong. 
or three they might be just geniuses that don't need a boss and, and, and phone them as, as regularly as they need to. But the majority are going to either bury the job or, or, or sometimes get it wrong. And these will show up in accountancy and and in the law where, you know, you've signed up to a contract that doesn't actually hold water for you. Yeah, yeah. An interesting one. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we've been round the houses. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any uh, points that we wanted to make before we came on. Uh I'm I'm thinking not, David. Was there anything we discussed that we've not already talked about? Uh, my advice to people, if you would summarise my advice, is prepare for your retirement by talking to the bosses, to or your partners, to see what how long a period. So, if you're planning retiring at sixty or sixty-five, start talking about it at fifty-five, mm-hmm. I, and then and then. Get yourself some alternatives. If you sit in the house, A, you're going to be lonely, B, you're going to be bored, and C, you tend to die too early. Yeah. My dad didn't hit 67. Or have four grandchildren. Yeah, <laughs> he just well, run about. Th- this is the botanics. <laughs> this is the botanic gardens. Every day that I walk through botanic gardens and I see people in their, as I guess, in their 70s, chasing two or three kids around mm. whilst their kids are out working. Mm-hmm. Fortunate, you know, to have them, but... You see, know, the other side say, of that, that's it. The other what side I of that, Gary, is that you should not go and say, I'm now going to become a parent again so that your I kids will, can th- go th- to th- work. That's, that's what I do, you, genuinely. You're, you deserve your time. I think there's a balance to There is a balance to be drawn, you know. You can't just take over their duties five days a week. No, I, I wouldn't be doing that. No, I, I think there's a balance. It's a balance. What I think is really... You've talked about, David, lining up physical things to do. What I think and what I have discussed with clients of mine who have gone from the five days to the three days to retirement or just gone from working full-time to retiring is well in advance of your retirement, you need to sit on your own at times and think, okay, what if I'm not David Griffin, the property guy? What if I'm not him? I said to you the other day, what happens if none of these proper emails come through to you anymore? Is that your life broken? Is that is that is that you with no purpose? No, it's not. But if that's how you are going to personally feel about it, you've got to do some work on it. I talked about a good client of mine who was a lawyer who just recently retired. And, you know, he was he was at the top of his profession. Um, was offered to stay on, was offered consultancy before he retired. They wanted to keep him. And I, and I said to him, look, what happens when you are not the lawyer? What happens when you're not the go-to guy in your area? How do you feel about that day to day? How do you feel not getting the emails, the phone calls, whatever? And you've got to and walk how through that. Feel? You've got to walk through that mentally. That was a, that was a probably an 18-month process for him going from full-time working to full-time retirement and he had to just deal with that bit by bit until literally, as I say, in December, they already fully retired and has now moved out of Glasgow um, and uh, moved out to Oban now and has a completely different lifestyle. But we talked actively about him not being his previous identity. But you called it repurposing. I've never heard it put that way. I think it was you that said that at the very beginning. Uh-huh. 
the repurpose in your life is is a very nice way of putting it. You, sure. but the last thing you can afford to there has only been one World War One and there's only been one World War Two. There's only so many times you can watch that during the day. You know, <laughs> or, or, or getting a house in the sun. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or auctioning things off everywhere. There we go. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You can it, no. it would be you can do it. But I don't think it's the best way it's to fast, spend your it, your non working yeah. life is sitting watching the telly. I guess it what to, I've said to, to, totally to, agree with you. As I say, I think it goes back to just what uh, I'm joking about it. We've got four grandchildren and we look after them three days a week and other times as well. It's hard work, you know, it mm -hmm. is hard work. There's no doubt about it, but there's a lot of pleasure to be gained out of it as well. Uh, and I, I, I think it's interesting. I saw a thing in the news recently where they said there's more people over the age of 70 now uh, creating their own businesses uh. because they feel that there's not a place for them. People don't want to employ them. They, uh -huh. they don't want to yeah. take on board that expertise. And, and certainly in the police, and, you know, having been there as a police officer for 30 years, then a civilian for 11 years, I saw that, and we talked about this recently, yeah. um, where I said that, you know, there's going to be a massive skill gap because you had guys, and when I was in the police, everybody did 30 years. Generally, everybody did 30 years. It was a pension thing, you know. Um, so everybody built up massive amounts of experience. And it, there was a point where they didn't, they consciously didn't employ ex-police officers to do civilian jobs for various political reasons. And that, to me, made no sense whatsoever. And latterly, they, they started to change that attitude and they would bring in police officers to do civilian jobs and it, it worked and a lot of that experience you know I, I was sitting myself and two other guys with you know 70 odd years experience yeah, yeah, between yeah. us well, you know and that 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 was actively we were passing that on to other people or trying to pass it on of course there was a resistance to that as well but i th i think that's just exactly what the key to what yeah, you're saying is, yeah. you know, and and for me certainly, just just uh, going briefly back to what I said before, and and agreeing with what you said, for me it worked going from five day a week, five day weeks, to to four to three, and 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 the the people who are getting towards that age should be able to approach their employers, and if they're good employers, or, or whether they're <laughs> They're not so good employers. There's legislation in place to help people to yeah, do these yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And certainly I found that, that, that they were quite amenable to it because, you know, they they thought it's better having a guy with that experience yeah. here for four days or three days a week than not having him at all. Well, that was it. Because, Clearly, he, because he's burnt out and he's he's, he's going off sick all yeah, the time because yeah. mm -hmm. he can't handle it. He doesn't want to be so, here. So that, See, that. In our, like, the banks used to be able to phone us and say, David, I'm thinking of lending money to this guy. Have you heard about him? And uh, I'd say, oh, when you touch him, he owed me a fee for such and such. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and they could do that. What happened? They, they went to these big, a few very big firms, panel surveyors, and all the smaller guys, the way we were. We, we had that bank of knowledge. 
So the, the, the banks then started lending money, and this was all part of this crazy subprime, not quite subprime, but they were lending money that they could have got more advice for us for free. Now, it didn't come free because what they then gave us jobs, you know, bona fide jobs. Uh, and so you worked together. And then all the senior bank managers got made redundant. Everybody over about 50 was made redundant because their wages were too high. Right. Mm. And the younger guys didn't know us. Uh-huh. So yep. they couldn't then phone and say, have you heard the such and such? Do you know about, do you know about this thing, David? Should I be lending on that? It's yeah. a really delicate uh, balance. And we lost all that. Of I think it's a really, from somebody of my age, um, I've got a wee thing that's probably coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and for me, I, I'm in this position where I find I want to be bringing new thoughts to this thing that I'm coming into, that I'm going to be doing. It's been part of a committee. And I want to bring new ideas through. But I also really think that it's really important that some of the people that have been involved with it for most of their lives who are older mm-hmm. still need to be listened to. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do everything that they advise you to do, but you should certainly still listen to them and think, oh, how would that work or whatever? Mm-hmm. And that, that should that should always exist. That should always be working. And and for it to get chopped off, like you've just said, as you say, it's, lo- it's, it's, it's a loss of skills and, you know... Ev- everybody loses in that sense you know younger mm-hmm. folk who think they're the new boss or whatever they don't know what they don't know because you're not there mm-hmm. uh and those sorts of things so it's it's, it's definitely I mean, there is a position where you you say oh we tried that in 1974 and it didn't work so we'd no do it again nonsense. that's nonsense yeah, and you need to, if you've got older people hanging around that don't want to do anything eh, but it's the same. It's, it's, it's a similar. It's a similar. Maybe, maybe it's uh, time for them. To it's, a, it's a similar turn of phrases. It's just always been that way. It's just always. Uh, well, it doesn't mean that it has to remain that way forever. You know, mm-hmm. someone said to me, "Oh, um, I don't think you can get nominated away from an AGM." I said, "But surely you can change the rules if you decide, and then people can get involved out with an AGM." Oh well, maybe that could. Ha- you know, like come on. You can change you the rules. You can get you co-opted, go. actually. Well, look, that's all good. Um, David, thank you loads for coming on the show. You're welcome. I think that uh, unless anybody wants to continue... No, I, I, th- I thought going, that was excellent. I, um, I, I think you could probably run your own podcast with what you've got to say, to be honest uh, with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, see if I knew what a podcast was, I might try it. Ah, <laughs> he phoned me on the way down here. He says, is this live on the radio? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but look, we'll keep we'll keep teaching you, and uh, I think this has been an important episode because sometimes I've certainly at times brothers in arms can be skewed towards young men, mm-hmm. teenagers, people in their early twenties, younger guys who are dealing with mental health issues. As a personal trainer, I've dealt with a lot of guys. 55 years and above who've came to me and said, I'm a bit, I've actually got depression. And so it's a, it's an important part of the community. It's an important part. It's an important, uh, you know, portion of the population. And uh, yeah, thanks for the, for the insight guys. And hopefully if there are older guys that um, are listening to the podcast, this gives them a wee bit of uh, inspiration and direction. So yeah, 
Thanks. Thanks Brilliant. very much. Yeah, thanks yeah. very much. Yeah, Thank you. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to our Brothers in Arms podcast. The reason we do the podcast is to normalise the conversation around men's mental health. We have fantastic resources on our website, brothersinarmsscotland.co.uk, which you can access or point any man in need towards. These include our online platform, MenGage, our Brothers in Arms Thrive app, where you can access our free therapy services and much, much more. If what we've talked about on the podcast today has resonated with you and you've enjoyed listening, Please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and remember to share with friends and on social media. Thanks for listening.